that simple strategy went from uh, me being a part-time agent to being a full-time agent. My first year as a full-time agent, I sold 52 houses, all from my sphere, referrals, and open houses. The next year, I started a team because that's what everybody does is they start a team when they get really good at sales. That's like saying, I'm so good at swimming, I better go climb a tree. Totally, <laughs> totally different skill sets. I'm so, I'm so good at production and taking care of people that I'm going to throw those out the window and now I'm going to try to lead people on a team. It is irresponsible for most people. Uh, and so we sold 192 houses, but I was 113 of them. I knew how to sell a bunch of houses for me, but I didn't know how to help other people to be successful. And so... Uh, I then figured out how to help other people to be successful. And now I have folks in my world that are in Fargo, North Dakota, making three, four, and $500,000 a year as their net. And they're working 40 hours a week and they're just following a simple plan. So the question is this, how do most agents succeed in today's competitive real estate market when all the successful agents are keeping the secrets to themselves? So that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I interview agents from all over the world. I ask them their tactics, and they share all of their secrets with me so we can give them to the world. I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. You guys, you're in for a treat. And the the reason I know that you're in for a treat today is I just started um, laughing with my guest and getting so giddy and excited. I we were tr- going to try to catch up a little bit, and I said, "No, I just want to hit record." But we don't know what we're going to get, uh, and so you guys, it's like getting to be behind the scenes and in the scenes. I just know that's what it's going to be like. And the way it started was so today I'm interviewing Eric Hatch, and I was going to ask Eric, "What do I say after that?" Because if I was just going to intro Eric. I would say I'm going to introduce Eric Hatch. You know, he's a guy that I met just a few weeks ago. Uh, it at a, on a private island in the British Virgin Islands. Like nobody's going to feel sorry for us. It was like 80 degrees. Uh, I got sunny. sunburned, Aaron. It was really oh, rough. Oh, he, he got all right. He got sunburned. So feel bad for the sunburn. <laughs> it was such an amazing place. It was like my first vacation where I didn't work. It would have felt weird to pull out my laptop during those conversations. So I don't know much about Eric's resume. And we're going to get into that part because what I really got was we had these really like impactful, meaningful conversations about life and finding people's purpose and changing lives and why money matters. Mm -hmm. And in that, we also realized, oh, yeah, he's a he is a big deal real estate agent. That's part of what's what's going on. But what I can really say, but like the intros that I could give you is more about like the conversations that we had where we left. And my wife was like, Eric's a really amazing guy. Oh, wow. Eric told me some, she told her and she, and she's saying, she said, he told me some things that really helped me question my purpose in life and what I should be doing instead. And then the most memorable part is I don't know if I've ever seen anybody kill karaoke the way that Eric Hatch kills karaoke. And so, you know, if you, for those of you guys that are listening on the podcast, you're going to wish you were just watching us on YouTube because <laughs> we have a whole bunch of fun today. But Eric, what's up, man? That was the longest introduction I've ever heard in my life. And I loved every second of it. Uh, it was so fun to be in the British Virgin Islands uh, with you and your wife is such a spectacularly kind soul. And uh, you two are changing the world and doing some super big things. And the fact that we both run uh 
uh, if, if we're trying to have the, the old measuring contest, we both run big businesses. We've made big money. We've done big things. And yet the only things we're concentrated on are how do we impact lives and how do we uh, be great for our families? And so I love that we got to talk about the stuff that actually matters and we didn't spend much time uh, doing a bunch of measuring. No, there was like, there were some like little tips and tactics. So I was like, how do you do that? And you're like, I do, I do it like this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to try that. I like that idea. But that was like, such a small part while we were talking to Eric and I, we were talking about like stuff that's near and dear to our heart. And I'm talking about, you know, going with my family to Haiti and the mission trips we were doing down there. And we also discovered that, you know, we were at this small, small event in Nashville. It probably had less than a hundred people there, right? Uh, you know, as a fundraiser for uh, the hands and feet in Haiti, we're at the same fundraiser, probably, you know, fake gambling at the same tables mm -hmm. and without realizing it till, Years later. So here we are. So Eric, where do you live? Uh, so I'm in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, otherwise known as Canada's goatee, God's country, whatever you're going to refer to it as. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, we're recording this in April. We still have like two feet of snow on the ground just to give you perspective of where I live, uh, it, which is why I sunburned so easily down in the Virgin Islands a few weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know how you state the yeah Fargo. Fargo is the place you think about when you think about. That's where we should vacation. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, right? North Dakota, the least visited state in the United States. I'm just so uh, the it, it is magically special. The character and the quality of people that are here. Uh, it is it is the only place I can imagine raising a family and the place I love traveling from to experience the rest of the world. It, it, it's it's a perfect harmony. It's just long winters. Yeah. Long, long, long winters as you get around. When did you get into real estate? Uh, so I got into real estate 2006. I was in the ministry full-time, graduated from college in uh, 2002, uh, was a youth pastor and a worship leader. I always had a loud voice, but slightly off key. So imagine a campfire and a guitar. That was where my jam was, which is where my karaoke skills really were founded. Uh, and then I got into real estate in 2006 because I was completely broke, making huge financial blunders with my life. And my buddy, who was my realtor at the time, uh, said, Hatch, you're good with people. You should sell houses. And I'm like, okay, I need some money. So I got in and uh, I sold, I don't mean to brag, but I sold zero houses my first year. Yeah. Uh, and then it was part-time. And then the next year I sold eight and then I sold 12. And now over the last decade, we've sold about 7,000. Uh, and that's in Fargo, North Dakota, where the entire two counties that we serve are 250,000 people. And so... Of, of the entire counties that we serve, uh, we have between anywhere from a 7 to a 9% market share at any given time. And uh, so it's been this accelerator of growth in my life. Uh, but what I found is as I've gone on this journey and as I've built what I've built, uh, when I got back to my roots and my roots were uh, ministry and giving back and being passionate about serving people in leadership, when that's where I put my energy I grew a really uh, fun, great real estate empire here in Fargo. The Christian songs were not what we were singing when we were doing karaoke. No, they were not. I mean, them. So, the, the, so when I when I hear that that's where your skills came from, uh -huh. they, that's a stretch, Eric. I mean, I guess that's where it started. <laughs> but the, or that's how you capture the youth when you're trying to get oh. the youth uh, <laughs> to come. That'll be a story for later. But the um, but man, I do t I, I do want to tell you. Are you, you guys, telling me that? Uh, Shoop by Salt and Pepper is not a Christian. Salt hymn. and Pepper is not what I would see being around a campfire doing youth ministry. But well, agree to disagree. Yeah. 
All right, Fargo is way more exciting <laughs> than the than I thought about than I thought it was. The so I so I love that concept of you're like, hey, you started and you got zero, and then you got seven, and then you got eight, and so and I love starting with that. Yeah, because when I tell people I flipped a thousand houses, or when you tell people you've done seven thousand deals, or like however many you did last year, it's really easy, I think, for listeners to gloss over and go, oh, that can't be me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to listen to the rest. And so getting to start with like the journey at the beginning and how it can snowball and keep building. What was that first year for you? I guess the, the first year was zero. First year was zero. Was seven. Yeah. What was that like? How did you start to like, like make some headway? And what did you think at the end of that? Like, what would you like knowing what you know now? What would you, what do you wish you would have known mm-hmm. different when you started? Mm-hmm. Uh, my ego when I started was really high. It probably still is. But when I, when I started, I was under the impression that I, in, in this little community that I live in, I was well known. I was for the most part, at least I thought liked and respected. I was 26, 27 years old when I got into real estate. And so my mind was, man, Lots of people know me, so everybody's going to just give their business to me. Mm-hmm. I remember buying an ad before I ever sold a house. Uh, it was in a local real estate publication. And this one and a half by two and a half inch JPEG uh, with my head shot. And it says, for all your real estate needs, contact Eric Hatch. And I remember literally sitting back being like, all right, phone's about to ring. Yeah, I placed my advertising out there. And of course the phone didn't ring. And of course the people who I was connected with in my sphere didn't come and just foolishly give me their business. I had to both be good at the job and real estate's not about the houses. It's about the people. So I had to make sure that I understood the language of sales, that it was never an aggressive sell, but it was instead serving people and being great at catering to and tending to their needs. But I needed the disciplines and the habits to actually give myself a predictable amount of business. The very first deal I did, sold a house to my ex-girlfriend. Like you want to talk Mm. about uh, the weirdest business tactic is like, hey, (laughs) make out with this girl in college and she'll eventually uh, buy a house from you, right? Uh, that's the long game. That's the, uh, that's the, the, that's the long drip campaign. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't wait for uh, that one to cash in. Right. Uh, and, and so as, as you invest in this, I, I had to look at how am I ever going to sell? And I never thought I'd sell 7,000 houses, but how am I ever going to sell this many houses? And it wasn't about the long-term goal. It was about the daily commitment. And that's where everything changed for me is if I had big goals, let's say I wanted to sell 20 houses in a year. If I just said I want to sell 20 houses in a year, I still don't know the blueprint of who I need to be today. What does my morning discipline need to do? What do my commitments need to be? And what do I need to stick to? And so there were three things that I did 15 years ago that I'm still doing today with my team. And it's really simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Is we role play and we practice. I I think far too many people in this industry are practicing on their clients. They uh, They are not stretching their talent muscles. They're not putting themselves into positions where they walk in ready for battle. They instead are going and trying to figure it out, uh, going a hundred miles an hour and it's irresponsible. So uh, I started practicing. I, I would watch YouTube videos. I would find role play partners. I made sure that I had a rhythm to my business. I then dedicated lead generation time. I had a full-time job. I was in the ministry full-time. And so I said, ah, oh, shoot, I need to make sure that I am either it's like an Andor. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm giving an hour a day to lead generation. 
And people are usually ambiguous on lead generation because they're like, oh, I talked to that person last week, so I'm going to talk to him again. No, that's lead follow-up. That's a very, very different rhythm. Lead generation is taking the right steps to plant the seeds for harvest to come next day, next season, whatever it may be. And so for lead generation, I simply said, I'm going to do a minimum of an hour a day, and I'm going to make sure that I talk to at least 20 people. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think follow-up also gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple, and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow-Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. I hopped on Facebook and social media right away because I have uh, thousands and thousands of Facebook air quote friends uh, but I only had a few hundred phone numbers. And so I recognized I could use my Facebook as my CRM. And so I started getting really intentional with direct messages and posting on people's walls. And I wasn't about saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I said, I see you. I see what you're doing. I care about you. And it was all about the give for me. And so that my, my lead generation habits, even 15 years ago, were massively invested. And then I had to time block for lead follow-up. I needed to make sure that I segregated off lead generation and lead follow-up. And I needed to keep those separate. And so I put my head down and I said, all right, for the next hour, I'm going to make sure that I contact uh, at least 20 people. And oftentimes I could get it done in 20 or 30 minutes. 
And then I segregated and, and honored time to do lead follow-up. Who was on my hit list? Who was the person that I was next? Hit list sounds aggressive. But who is, who is this person that I'm going to follow up with? And that was my own Excel sheet that now is a CRM for most people. Uh, but it was my Excel sheet where I just monitored and said, who am I talking to? And who do I need to keep nurturing? That simple strategy went from uh, me being a part-time agent to being a full-time agent. My first year as a full-time agent, I sold 52 houses, all from my sphere, referrals, and open houses. The next year, I started a team because that's what everybody does is they start a team when they get really good at sales. That's like saying, I'm so good at swimming, I better go climb a tree. Totally, <laughs> totally different skill sets. I'm so, I'm so good at production and taking care of people that I'm going to throw those out the window and now I'm going to try to lead people on a team. It is irresponsible for most people. Uh, and so we sold 192 houses, but I was 113 of them. I knew how to sell a bunch of houses for me, but I didn't know how to help other people to be successful. And so uh, I then figured out how to help other people to be successful. And now I have folks in my world that are in Fargo, North Dakota, making three, four, and $500,000 a year as their net. And they're working 40 hours a week and they're just following a simple plan. What's the average purchase price up there? Uh, three twelve last year. There's a whole lot of stuff we just covered there, so we could stop the podcast right now, thirteen minutes in, and people would be excited. But now they're going to be pausing and going back to do notes. So something you said that I really liked was, you know, people practice on the clients instead of on each other. And what's funny is I actually almost give people that advice, right? I say, pick up the phone and start dialing. Like if you're afraid of dialing and you're scared or you're afraid of door knocking, just go do it. And I guess, and I guess that's good advice, but I need to change. I need to adjust my advice to say, practice first role play, like do the research. So that way, when you're knocking on the door, you at least know what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. And, or when you're doing those calls. So like, I, I like the idea of practicing first instead of practicing on the people. Cause so much time I'm like, you just got to go, you just got to go get started. Mm -hmm. You just got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, it's not as simple as just getting started. Cause it's irresponsible to do that. Well, I, I want to say that you're not wrong in, in that perspective from how I see it. And I don't think that I'm wrong. It, it, it's not an either, or it's a both and. It, yeah. it is, yes, 100%. You need to pick up the phone. You need to knock the doors. You need to have the conversations with people and not be so gun shy about it. At the same time, you better be practicing for at least a little bit to work on getting better every day. Now, I love to golf. Are you a golfer? Yep. I, love love, golf. I remember us talking very briefly about that. I love to golf, but I hate the driving range and the putting green. Absolutely hate it. I just want to go play golf. And okay. over the last number of years, I probably shaved off six or seven strokes uh, on, on my handicap. But if I actually went 30 minutes earlier to the golf course before my round started and just went to the putting green and just worked on chipping and putting, I bet I would shave off another five or six strokes from my game in the next month. Yeah. If I just practice before I play the game, I still get to play the game. I still get to go out there and do what I love. You should still go out there and make sure that you are making your contacts that you are committed to making to knock on the doors and to make the phone calls and to reach out to people on social media. You should still do that, but just show up a little bit earlier in practice. That's all I'm saying. I think 30 to 45 minutes of diligent focused practice is going to help you as you sharpen that sword to be far better than anybody else. Very, very quickly. It's epic. Great advice. Great advice. And I think everybody needs to apply it. The other thing that you said, what, one of the things that you said was talking about daily commitment mm -hmm. was it got to the point where you realized what could I commit to 
for the day and saying, you know, whether, and, and, and you also talk about the difference between lead gen and lead follow-up. That's really important because the lead gen is, uh, it's a very different animal. It's a very different process. And you said you came up with a lead gen system that was very simple. You said you were going to commit to reach out to 20 people today. Mm-hmm. At that time, you didn't have phone numbers, so it was reaching out to them on Facebook. And that could have been as simple, I think, as saying happy birthday. Yep. Right? Like, like, hey, happy birthday. It's Eric. Like, the good to hear from you or whatever. It was just you were just making contact with 20 people. And then you had your follow-up system where then it was like, all right, who's on my follow-up list that I want to keep g- going with? And it's – so what I would ask listeners – with that, like, because as people were like trying to take notes and reduce some of that L- difference between lead gen and lead follow up is huge. Mm-hmm. You have to dedicate time to both. If you only do lead gen and you don't do lead follow up, you're not going to close any deals. If you only do lead follow up, then you are going to run out of deals. You got to keep doing that top of funnel. You have to split it. You have to do both. But I would ask you guys to try to like take a pause for a second and say, what is the daily commitment that I can commit to right now? All of you know something is working in your business. Right. Most of you, most of you guys, we still have some listeners out there that are driving Uber today that are going to quit their job and become an agent next week mm-hmm. because they're realizing that if Eric can be a pastor and do this on the side and do like it's going to happen. I tell people every time, Eric, every time there's somebody listening to this episode is going to quit their job <laughs> and become a real estate agent today because of what you said. That, that blood is on my hands now. Is that what you're telling the me? The blood is on your hands. <laughs> the crazy thing is next year I'll be interviewing them and they're going to say, it was when I was listening to your talk with Eric Hatch and you said that. So I would tell you, you guys out there, like, what is something you can commit to today? Whether it's as simple as copying Eric's idea of, okay, I'm going to reach out to 20 people and then do my follow-up. That's like a two-hour time-blocking thing max to totally change your business into something that he built his whole thing off of. Or is it something else? Is it knock on 20 doors? Is it call this many people? Is it make sure? So figure out your daily commitment because the daily commitment is where we get our reps in. Whether it's golf, you know, the um, what really helped my golf game get good was when COVID hit and I, and I moved to Austin, Texas, there weren't, there's only like one or two public golf courses here. And I was too cheap to join a, cl- uh, like a member club. And I was like, no, I, I I'm just going to, so I bought. And then when COVID hit, I was really whiny. We were supposed to do my big 40th birthday party out in Maui. Mm-hmm. The day they called me and they canceled and said, sorry, May, 2020, we're closed. You can't come out. I threw a temper tantrum and I walked into my house and I bought a golf simulator <laughs> And the, and I was like, instead of going to Maui money, I'm going to buy this golf simulator. Well, that changed my golf game because my daily commitment mm-hmm. became hit 20 shots, make 20 putts. Yeah. That is a seven minute commitment. Mm-hmm. If that, right. But I started doing do 20 swings, 20 putts. And my golf game changed like crazy. Yep. That daily seven minute commitment. And we think about it with our health too, whether it's, I've got this, like part of my goal sheet is my daily checklist. Right. And it's drink this many glasses of water is on there, you know, get my workout in. I've got all these things that are on that list. So I like that idea of daily commitment. Mm -hmm. So let let me, let let me just very quickly uh, add to this. When you're, uh, when you're talking about a daily commitment, I know the narrative of a lot of people in the audience right now, they're, they're looking for a magic golden ticket. They're, they're looking for a pill that's going to change and be their fast track to success. There's a get rich quick mentality and a get skinny quick mentality that most of us in the United States have. 
And yeah. I'm pretty convinced of it, uh, that there is no great way to fast success. It is slow. It is boring. It is predictable. I remember doing a webinar a year ago and I, I finished, it was like a, a 52 minute webinar and I left the last eight minutes for questions and somebody, uh, typed into the chat box. They said, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I really uh, loved today. Usually I get like just compliments and told I'm pretty and that's really fun to hear. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I don't know if I really found any great value. You didn't tell me anything new. And I like my first insecure little schoolboy said, oh, shoot, that's that's a son of a gun that uh, um, I didn't crush it. And then I'm like, no, that's exactly what I should be doing. This is not a magic. I'm not going to tell you anything that you may probably haven't heard a thousand times ever. We don't have an information problem. We have an execution problem. There's all the information out there on every real estate rock stars podcast and, and YouTube video that's out there. You know what to do. The issue is you're not disciplined enough to do the simple and to repeat day in and day out. Success is boring AF. Hey guys, a quick commercial break here, but don't worry, this one is only gonna run for the next two or three episodes. I talk so much about the mastermind. It's one of my passions, getting everybody to come hang out in Austin where I get to meet you guys. Well, we just had it you know, a few weeks ago and we decided for next year we were gonna do pre-sales. We're only selling 70 tickets total for the whole country and that way we keep it nice and small where everybody meets everybody and the end of it, it's like a big giant family. Well, we put out the pre-sales last week and in the, during the pre-sales, we sold more than 60 tickets. So there's less than 10 spots left. 10 spots left if you want to join us for the Mastermind for next year. We're putting the date so far out there. You've got no excuses um, to be able to know that the date works. You can put it in your calendar now. And we also set up a payment plan for people to break it up into four easy payments. So if you're one of those people that have thought about going to the Mastermind, have never pulled the trigger, now's the time. And it's for, it's for March for next year. But you got to go sign up now if you want that spot. I don't like selling. I don't like advertising. So we figured we would knock it out quickly. We'd knock it out, you know, this first couple weeks in April for next year. So instead of working on that, we're going to focus on value. If you do join the mastermind, you get to be a uh, join part of our private Facebook group where we do monthly Zoom calls, where we do tactics on those calls. They're really small. There's like, you know, between 10 and 20 people on those. So you get to ask lots of questions and learn from experts. So if you are interested in signing up, go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com forward slash mastermind, realestaterockstarsnetwork.com forward slash mastermind. Go lock in your ticket. We have less than 10 spots left. You can break it up into four payments. So that way it is much easier to, to be sure to join. And I promise you, it is the least expensive mastermind out there for the type of stuff that we're doing. You know, the GoBundance masterminds that I talk about that I'm a part of cost five times what we do for this. And I try to deliver twice as much value. All right, back to the podcast. So how do you get people to, other than just saying that, like how, how do people get okay with commitment or how do you get okay with commitment when you're faced with a new journey mm -hmm. and you're telling yourself, man, this is going to be a lot of work and I'm not going to see the results until way, way later. Yeah. Is there a story you tell yourself? Are there ideas that you coach people through? Is there, is there like a hack that you use not to get rich quick, but to actually like be okay with being patient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a tangent here. Uh, I hope hope you're ready for it because I I have so much I'm, blood. I'm sit up. That, I have so much I blood pumping in my veins right now. I'm so on fire because I had uh, a quarterly pattern interrupt that I do with my team. My team today is about 40 people, uh, and we're down. 15 people of the 15 people that we lost in the last six months, almost all of them were some top producers. So we lost 
50% of our production, all the while our market is down 30%. And so everything in my world has felt like winter, just Mm -hmm. exhausting in North Dakota winters in the first place. But then uh, you hear on Game of Thrones, winter is coming and then winter is here. Well, it's been winter for six months and everybody's walking around like it's just this dark cloud. And I talked to my team today about this exact topic. We talked about motivation. A lot of us sit back and we wait for motivation. uh, And I think motivation is this external force. It's like the wind. It comes and it goes. Motivation is a thing that we look for to find uh, our next move. But motivation is a crock of crap. I don't have any value in motivation. Uh, I, in fact, get paid to be on a stage to be a motivational speaker. Uh, Yes, I am a modern-day Matt Foley. Nonetheless, I love trying to remind people of not about motivation, but about inspiration because inspiration is internal. You have to have clarity on what you do and why you do it. Uh, Simon Sinek talks about the why that you have and that you start with why and you understand that when you understand the why, you're going to get that much further. And so I challenged my team today and I said, guys, the problem is you aren't focused enough on money. And I have this weird relationship with money, Aaron, this very, very weird relationship because I grew up uh, with one foot in the welfare bucket. I'm proudly trailer trash and have had a chance to, to change my stars. I worked in the ministry where I made tens of dollars uh, and then had a chance to jump into real estate. And when I finally made money, I remember my first year in real estate full time, I netted $200,000 in 2011. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I felt so guilty for having that. Uh, and I felt uh, this just weird relationship with it now. And, and, and the person who ran the island that we got to be at in the British Virgin yeah. Islands talked about the importance of making an obscene amount of cash about why you make all this money. And so there were three stories I told my team today. The first is this is uh, imagine your dad or your mom is about to fall massively ill. They can't work anymore. They can't pay for whatever. And we have a chance to now take care of them. When I was 16 years old, my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer. My dad was never in my life. And so I was taking care of my mom at the age of 16 and I didn't have money. Money doesn't, uh, money is not the thing that matters, but money buys you time and money buys you resources. And I could have been able to take better care of my mom in her last days and years if I had money and we didn't have it. And for some of you, you're not thinking big enough You're not dreaming of enough money because you don't understand that that money can be used to help the people that have helped you along the way. The second piece is, Aaron, what you've gone through. And I don't know how much of your story you've told your listeners or not, but you've ridden the high highs and the very low lows in this industry. And you've Mm -hmm. experienced massive abundance and massive drought. And if you have not saved up, made enough, and protected yourself for the oh craps of the world, you are in massive trouble. I would have had to have shut down my business in the last three months had I not saved up and saved uh, for those. It's not a rainy day. It's for the oh craps because the oh craps will come. But the thing Mm -hmm. that inspires me more than anything else, Aaron, and uh, this handsome book over uh, my shoulder here is the first book I wrote. It's called Play for the Person Next to You. It's a servant leadership guide. And in there, I talk about in the very first chapter that I thought at one point in my life, I wanted to have this incredible autobiography uh, where I wrote about how I climbed Kilimanjaro and I know how to spell Kilimanjaro, like all this Eric is great kind of bull crap. And a mentor of mine is like, you know what? I don't think that's of your heart, man. 
wouldn't it be better to be a chapter in everybody else's book? And he said that and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, that's it. That's the thing. That's the thing that I want to do. And so uh, I want to be a chapter in everybody else's books. And my friend Than, uh, he runs a nonprofit called Unseen. It helps fight human trafficking and its root causes. He tells me all the time of the, the terrible things that are happening in the world and how these young girls are getting sold day in and day out by horrible men uh, and, and, and horrible people. And they're in the sex trade industry. And their bodies are ravaged over and over again. And I just think of my daughter and it wrecks me. I can't imagine somebody laying their hand on her, let alone multiple times a day for repeated years. It's just, it is so sick and perverse. And Than is telling me of how this opportunity that he has to go and take out some bad guys and to save some kids. And I'm listening on the sidelines. I'm like, okay, okay. And then what happens is I literally have a conversation with my accountant who says, hey, you over uh, budgeted for taxes. Like I, I had all these th- hundreds of thousands of dollars tucked away to pay for all my taxes. And they said, uh, after all is said and done, uh, you still have $100,000 in your account. And Than is telling me by tomorrow, I need to have this money. Otherwise, I can't save these kids. Literally, it is, it is this moment of me living a big life and understanding what has my inspiration on the inside, the why of why I breathe and why I exist. Aaron, I am here to change the world. Real estate is the vehicle that has given me the path to do so. I'm still the minister. I'm still the guy who's so passionate, but I'm here to change the world. And my $100,000 is helping to save thousands of kids. In addition to that, I then used my voice and I invited some people of high net worth and I just shared with them my passion. In a 20 minute time, we raised $750,000. Then fast forward two hours later, I did a stupid live auction at a coaching summit that we do because I I have my real estate team, but I have a, a real estate coaching company as well. We had 250 people in the room and we raised $400,000 in 90 minutes. Put that together, we raised $1.15 million to help fight human trafficking and to save thousands of kids. And this happened because I dreamed big. This happened because I thought big. And I'm only 43 years old right now. I got a lot of life and a lot of fire left in me. And me playing small is never going to get me there. And so how do I have a big life? I do the small things consistently. It all comes back to this. If I can lead generate and role play and lead follow up every day, I know the fruit will grow. I know the seeds that I plant and the harvest that will come from this. I am on a mission right now, probably from God to impact the world through real estate. We can change the world, which is far more inspirational and inside and personal than it is motivational. I heard Eric get fired up and red in the face for 20 minutes. And so that's where we went. Like, I know my purpose, Aaron. I know why I'm on this earth and it's to make a difference. And I need to make way more money to save way more kids, whether it be because the oh craps of the world come because somebody gets sick or because my business fails or I hit a market shift or anything else, or even most importantly, and the thing that inspires me is because I want to go save some kids. I want to let the world know that it's not dark, that it is full of light and sunshine. And I want to be that light for people. So I'm going to do the little things and I'm going to be disciplined every single day. Told you I was getting fiery. I have chills, man. It was good. That's man. It's like, there's so much stuff to unpack there. Right. And as you guys are listening, just take it in for a second. Cause he's going, Hey, there was this problem and we raised, a million dollars in a short period of time. And I'm sure on like year two or three of Eric's real estate journey, 
he was like, this isn't that much better than being a minister, hmm. right? Like it wasn't like there wasn't the vision of that he was going to, you know, be able to raise a million bucks really quick or that those different things were going to happen. But the, but if there's a reason why, you know, you guys are going to dig it, like do this, do the hard stuff daily, right? Like, how are you going to stay inspired to do the hard stuff daily? When I started buying rentals in 2015, 2016, I had the benefit that like a lot of my life had crashed. You know, I, I had, I flipped and then lost it all. So when I came back, it was, I had that benefit of going this time, I'm just going to, you know, hold the rentals. And that year, I remember like six months in, I had like 60 rentals by that point and the, and the cash flow wasn't that great. And I was working all the time and flying back and forth to Texas. And I was like, is this even really worth it? You know, like it's going to take, like, it was just a really long, slow journey. Do you know how many of my coaching clients and friends in the industry have said, I just don't know if I want to keep doing this. Like, is this really worth it? Dude, it was like, is this really worth it? Like, what am I going to keep? I'm only, I'm, I'm buying 10 houses a month. I'm going through all this work, you know? And then last year, Maddie gets so sick. My oldest daughter gets so sick that the, and it's a very expense. And they're like, Hey, there's, it's, there's no cure, but there's kind of a cure. There's, there's a few places that have cured a few hundred people out of, you know, hundreds of thousands and insurance doesn't. And it became this like really expensive thing that it was like I was able to, because of my rentals, because of my business, because of the other stuff, it was like, oh, thank God it happened last year mm-hmm. because I could shut down some of my businesses and people could come in guest host. And so we have those moments where I think people do have this disconnect of money or not. And Brittany, the gal whose island we were on, she talked about that. Like she wanted to be a missionary and she came back from one of her trips and she was like, how am I going to make any change at all when I've got 20 bucks in my wallet? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you need to make a ton of money to make a difference in whatever that difference is. So the the whole like the oh crap moments in your business or in your personal life with Eric's mom uh, getting cancer, when my dad died of cancer, when Maddie got sick, like you don't know what those moments are going to be for. But the reason that you should have a daily commitment today to go make more money and make more business and grow whatever it is, is be, is is probably for a reason that has not you have not been shown yet. Mm-hmm. The reason you need to put a whole bunch of money in an account somewhere by working really, really hard, doing the boring stuff, buying the rentals, buying the whatever, do you know, making the calls. The reason that you're doing that has not even been presented to you yet, most likely. You may think it has, right? Like I remember, I know that I was like, no, I need to just pay my bills. Like I needed to start doing this because I needed to provide for my family. But the but now we've done way more than just provide for my family or others or anything else. This is uh, listeners. I'm sorry that we're preaching today and we're <laughs> pumped and we're fired up. But it's it's. I love what I do. I, you know, Eric loves what he does. The I you know I get to you you listeners get to hear it every time I get to meet somebody. Some, so so these people. A friend of mine said, "Hey, Aaron, I need you to call me really quick." Bill today. He's a member of my mastermind. And he called me because he was sitting with somebody else that was listening, that's a listener of the podcast, didn't believe that Bill had my number, hmm. right? And so I was like excited to talk to them on the phone today. And I said, no, anybody that's willing to listen to my podcast, I'm happy to meet you. I'm excited to meet you. And when somebody comes on and gets interviewed two years later and says, hey, I quit my job because I was listening to that interview with you and Eric. Um, and I decided that I could make this career a go and, and what changes we've made. 
So Eric, you talked a little bit about your book behind you. I mean, yep. You got one that says play the person. That is like one of the best book covers I've ever seen. I was oh, thinking thanks. who is uh, that NFL guy? Yeah. Don't I look tough? I mean, a little bit of, you look eye- tough. yeah, thank you. A little bit of eye black and, and, uh, I'm just all sorts of rough and tumble. So yeah, yeah my, it's my, Eric my, with, go ahead, go ahead. Look at this. this is that awkward. Who's going to talk? Uh, so my first yeah. book uh, launched in 2019 is called Play for the Person Next to You. It's a servant leadership book and uh, it's something that uh, really just tells the tale of, I think, how to take care of people. My coaching company, are, uh, which is cleverly called Hatch Coaching, I just put my name on everything. Uh, That's a good name. Uh, Mike, uh, it's way easier than your last name. So my coaching company is uh, built on the precipice that we are to redefine how people treat people. Uh, I, I think that our love, care, and concern for the world and those that we have the privilege of leading is the driving force in what we do. And so that was really our heart of, of how to take care of people. What we recognize is a lot of realtors are missing uh, the blueprint of actually how to execute it. Because what we've talked about here, Aaron, is we talked very briefly about a blueprint of, of that uh, dedicated couple of hours. Yeah, right? three steps. Yeah, just really simple. So that's a simple blueprint thing. Uh, but we wrote an entire book. It was uh, the follow-up, the partner book. My uh, my partner in coaching, Robbie T., Robbie Trefethren, and I, uh, we wrote a book that came out in July of 2022. It's called uh, The Perfect Real Estate Agent Blueprint. And so it is a step-by-step guide on how to grow a really great real estate business. Everything from the numbers and the margins. But uh, most importantly, I think the, the place where people get caught is when they say that they want to grow a team. The American dream that people hear out there is uh, not home ownership. I think the American dream is I want to make a, the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Uh, that is that is what people pursue more than anything else. And most people that I see, and I wonder your thoughts on this, Aaron, but I think most people that I see, when they start a team, they actually work more and make less. They, they get yeah. caught up in the cycle of uh, understanding I was really good at swimming, but now I'm trying to climb a tree and it's this massively difficult hill to overcome. And so they're caught in this messy middle where they're actually funding their business and they're not giving their best to anybody. And so we talk with massive diligence in there on how most people actually shouldn't grow a large team. We have what's called instead of a mega team, we have what's called a micro team. The very easy uh, understanding of it is you can have a seven figure life where you are netting seven figures over a million dollars by simply making three key hires. Your first two hires are admin. And we'll we'll go through the details in the book, but your next hire is the change in everything. It is not bringing on a bunch of buyer agents. I think that buyer agents for a team are irresponsible. And here's why. The people you're going to bring on almost every time are new agents. And so when you bring on a new agent and you give them five quality at-bats, I'm going to use really simple math and say it's a $10,000 commission for each. When you give them five quality at-bats, your mind says, all right, I'm going to make 50% of 25 or 50% of uh, $50,000 and they're going to make 50% of $50,000. So I'll make 25 grand. They'll make 25 grand. I'm going to hire 40 buyer agents and I'll make a million bucks. That's the simple math of what people do. But the honest piece is that that buyer agent that comes in, they're not going to close all five of those. And they're not going to close four. And they're not going to close three. They're probably going to close two of them over like a six month period. So that person's life is unstable. We have a fiduciary responsibility in this industry, Aaron, to give people our best, to give our clients our best. And when I give that new agent an at-bat with my clients, I have not honored that fiduciary responsibility. I've given them mediocre service. 
I've had a bad financial investment because I'm now making 10 grand instead of 25 grand. And so we want to take that entire model and turn it on its head. And so the, the move, the plan for the micro team is this. Instead of thinking growing big, think small and bring on what's called an agent partner or showing partner, right? This person is a direct extension of you. They are the nurse to you being the doctor. Yes, they're opening the doors. They're setting up clients on their, on their service plans. But now we're solving the three problems I just addressed. There's the financial problem. The financial problem is this. I could have made 25 grand in this example of five transactions, but instead I made 10 grand. Hey, real estate rock stars. We only have a few minutes left in this episode, but before we get to the grand finale, I just want to say, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You know, podcasts are obviously free. You don't have to pay to listen to the podcast, but if you could pay one thing, if I could charge you one thing to listen to this podcast, what I would ask you to do is go, please make a review. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on YouTube or on Apple or Android, wherever you listen to podcasts and go give me a review of the podcast. I read them. I listen to them. I try to make adjustments. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a ton of bad reviews on the sound quality or the number of advertisements, things like that. And I've really tried to dial in to add value for all of you guys. So please, please, please go do a review. If you want to get a, a copy of the toolbox of the stuff that you know, everybody that comes on the show, they give us some tactics. They give us something that we put in what we call our toolbox. And so to get that, you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com. When you get there, click on the, the toolbox and you get access to the free gift that every person that we interview on the episode provides. There's things like, you know, uh, listing tactics, how to do a presentation, you know, how to do a newsletter, all sorts of cool, fun stuff. And if you want to talk to me, go find me on Instagram at Aaron Amuchastegui. Ask me a question. I talked to so many of you guys on there. All right, back to the show. Thanks again for being a listener. If I put this person on a salary, and that's our recommendation, is you put this agent partner on a salary. Let's say I pay them three grand a month. It's going to take me two or three months to close those five deals. And so let's say that cost me 10 grand to employ that person. Well, I net 40 now. I net $40,000, and I've now given $10,000 of stable income to my agent partner. So I make more money. Check. Love that. I also work less check. I love that. My agent partner bucks the trend of having an 87% failure rate in this industry in the first five years. They get their MBA in real estate aligning with me. They get to see the master at work and I will show them every step of the way so that their chance when they do graduate from that, if they ever choose to, their ability to succeed is no longer a 13% success rate. It's a 130% success rate. It's unbelievable. But then we have the fiduciary responsibility that we're giving to our clients. You're giving them two for the price of one. You're still negotiating and navigating and dealing with the heavy lifting, but you're allowing this other person to take over your showings. This agent partner model allows you to not only serve your clients better, but you get more time back in your life. You make more money. You give an agent a better chance. And then of course you are setting somebody else for up for success, which goes back to my inspiration of being a chapter in everybody's book. And so for me, that model, we are trying to preach from the mountaintops with the heart of being a servant leader with a business model of you making more and working less and a great way to duplicate your business in no time. I told you guys it was going to be good. Hmm. 
I told you that we were just going to hit record. We had all sorts of stuff to catch up on since we hadn't seen each other since BVI, but the um, but we just hit record. The Perfect Real Estate Agent Blueprint book. I see both those behind you. And I love that those are the two parts. It's, it's like the whole podcast we talked about. There's there's like inspiration. There's philosophy behind it. And then there's the steps behind it. I love the comparison you made about I'm really good at swimming. Now I'm going to go teach a class on climbing trees because we do think that what I I've learned a lot that I'm a really bad CEO in some, in some of my businesses because there's some of my businesses where I'm really good at doing like the hard part of it. And it's like, Oh, I'm really good at doing like this part of like the, the figuring out how much to buy a house for right? Figuring how much to buy a house for the negotiating, like the, the front side. And every time I tried to scale it by putting certain people in place, you know, there's times when you go like, and it, and it, and you hit the nail on the head just because you're good at, at, at a part of a business doesn't mean you're going to be good at showing a whole bunch of other people how to do that business mm-hmm. or running a big team or running a team of 50 people. Uh, when you know, you're really good at a one man show. So there's all sorts of concepts. I like the way that you're talking about the people can get that growth you know, uh, maybe slower, more steady, getting the same kind of end use result with we, a better we say, chance. We say it's a slingshot, right? You're taking the person, you're holding them and pulling them back for longer. When you let them go, they are going to go so much farther and faster. Yeah. It's like, and it's, it's that safer journey where people are going to make it. And I'm super glad that you came back. The other thing that I wrote down that I wanted to make sure we, we hit on again was the, you know, be a chapter of someone else's book. And if I'm going to, if I'm going to get to play along with your metaphor there, or maybe it's not, not a metaphor, but like your statement there, you think about, is it more important to write a book about your life story? And I've written a couple books and I'm a fan of it and I'm ready to write another one and I'm mm-hmm. planning to, and now I need to really rethink it. Cause it was probably going to be that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a, the guy that climbs Everest thing. And it was going to be, you know, about all the inspiration that happens and life's up and downs. But, you know, if I, go, if I go write a book, I can write a book with like 10, 15 chapters. I bet my foreclosure book has 15 chapters. I bet our homeschool book has like 12 chapters. So I can go write another book, but it could be 10 chapters. Or I could write a huge book, and I can be 20 chapters. You know, or I can go be a chapter in someone else's book. And really, if I am... Um, if I serve the community well, if I serve people well, if I help inspire others... Then, then there's a way better chance, Eric, that I can be a part of more than 20 pe- I can be a chapter in more than 20 people's mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. We've even, I think I might even mention to you when we're there, you know, this hardship that, that uh, my daughter just went through. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to like on accident, take, cr- take some sort of a credit in that outcome, right? To go like, Oh man, this was what we went through as, when my daughter was in a wheelchair and couldn't move and couldn't eat and couldn't get out of bed for weeks at a time, this is what we went through. And my wife and I have been reminding each other, like, no, this is a chapter in our book, but like, this is Maddie's book. It's her story. It's not ours. It's like a small chapter in ours and it's getting to realize that. So yes, be a, I'm going to, I'm going to print that out. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt and a coffee mug. And if not, it's just going to be, what I really do is I typed it, I type it out Hmm. And I just put it right on my wall, right behind me. I've got these eight and a half by 11 papers of like the statements that I've given myself. So I read them as I'm walking out the door. But I wonder how many books that I can be a chapter of instead. So I have it's a fun little mindset shift, goals isn't it? It's a mindset shift. I, have a, I know people are like, hey, I want to write 10 books in my lifetime. And I want to be a chapter in 20 people's books. Yeah. 
Like that's what I want instead. And I had never thought about that. And it's a total mindset shift. And you get to make way more impactful change if you're a chapter in someone else's book. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Eric, the, uh, we're, we're out of time, but we yeah. just had 45 minutes of pure gold. What, what, what else do people need to know? Final thoughts? How should they find you? I know you're tra- like you said, like over the next two weeks, you're like traveling around speaking at places yeah. all over. You like, know, what are you doing when you're speaking? Like, what is what is that? Is that uh, so, a couple things. Uh, I'm I'm going all over Texas and Tennessee over the next two weeks simply because uh, I'm pouring into the people that I'm tied with, uh, both coaching clients and then people who I'm associated with at Real, uh, the brokerage that I'm honored to be a part of. And so, I'm going to those uh, places to just give back and support them. One of my favorite things to do. Again, trying to be a chapter in their books. Uh, but I. Uh, if it's okay with you, I want to give my book away to your audience. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a gift that we want to give you. You got to pay shipping and handling. Uh, so it's like that little asterisk, like, well, those sons of guns are actually charging me for shipping and handling. So hate me if you want, but nonetheless, here's how you get the book. Go and find me on Instagram, real Eric Hatch. That's Eric with a K, real Eric Hatch. And then just DM me one word. I'll just one simple word, the word blueprint. The AI will take over, and at that point, uh, it'll get all the instructions of how to get the book. And once you get that book, uh, I promise you, if you follow the simple, repeatable steps, you're going to find your life to be way more abundant than where it is today. Yeah, I love that. Guys, I don't have the fancy AI yet, but that's one of the tricks that Eric taught me about when we were down in the BVI. I'm like, I got to incorporate that, the being able to mess- message me that one word. But Eric's also busting out a lot of great content on Instagram. I've even stolen a couple of his videos lately and tried to see if people could guess who I stole them from. And I've, yeah, I give him credit a little bit later on that. But his stuff is so good. I've just flat hey, out buddy. totally plagiarized it and restated it and, I and pr- told I myself it's it from, okay. I probably stole it from somebody else too. Yeah. No, well, we said that today. Like, There's nothing that we're saying that's new. Like, this, mm-hmm. There's no get rich quick. Mm-hmm. There's get rich. Like there, there's yeah. no get rich quick. Well, guys, go get Eric's book. You know, go chat with him. See, see some of the other stuff that we've got. Follow us both on Instagram. You know, as I tell you guys, you can like I answer my messages. So many of you guys have seen that. If you guys want to chat, you've got questions, send them to me. If you like what we're doing here, you know, please go leave a review. The I love I love getting reviews. I love hearing what you guys like. Uh, I I it hurts my feelings when I hear what you don't like, but I do make major changes. When you tell me, uh, so go out there and let's have some more conversations. Eric, this was amazing. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's an honor. I hope you invite me back. If not, we'll say rock stars. I'll just invite myself. Invite yourself back again. I, this actually wasn't the first time Eric was on the, the, the show. Pat interviewed him third time a long time ago. He said it's number three. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to just going to say this one was the best. I haven't listened <laughs> to the other two. We win today though. We win today. Real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.